0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message.
1: For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Verse 9, just one scripture. This is a verse that about three or four years ago I was in Malaysia. And I was walking around the city of Klang and I was praying and asking God what the future held for us in that place. Uh, And the Lord spoke to me there, this verse. I remember it clearly because there was a couple of significant things happened as I walked around praying. I remember one man came out of nowhere. I didn't know anybody. He came out of a shop and began to yell at me in his language. I didn't understand it in English, but there was no reason for it apart from I think there was a spiritual response to what God was doing. I remember going and praying for a man who was begging Uh, was lame and God touched that man. And it was a significant moment. I came back from that, spoke to Pastor Hayden Glass and I said, you need to go to Clang. I had no real reason for that, did not know anybody, literally did not even know a university student. But I said, I believe God wants us to do something. So he and I think it was Luke Johnson, wasn't it? Uh, Luke paid his own way up there. They went up to Malaysia And Hayden on the very first day was going to universities, knocking on what he wasn't even sure were doors. But going, knocking on that, and by the end of the first day, was sitting down meeting with the heads of some of the major universities in Malaysia. And we've continued the relationship with that there. So when I speak to you about this Scripture, for me it's a lot more than Just another verse out of the Bible, if ever any are like that. This verse was a word from God to our church. It says this For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. The Greek word there for great is the word we use a lot. It's the word mega. He says, For a mega door, the word effective just simply means energized. Work, In other words, a mega door for energised work has opened up to me and there are many adversaries. I believe that this month is special because we are talking about some things that we've done a long time and yet it's obvious when you listen to Colleen that there are some shifts in even what we know, even things that we are used to doing God is adding another dimension to them and they are becoming a fresh door of opportunity for us. There are some things I'm going to speak about that we've never done, but God is opening up doors for us and I believe that's going to continue to happen through the year. Um, When we speak about a great and effective door, it always brings to my mind this picture, which is a painting, if you can get rid of me, There you go. It's a famous painting by William Holman Hunt. He painted this in 1853 and 1854. It's an allegorical painting by him representing the figure of Jesus preparing to knock on an overgrown and long unopened door, illustrating the Revelation 3.20 verse that says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. It's not just the doors that lie before us, but Jesus says, I stand at the door of your life and knock. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Listen to the words of William Holman Hunt. I painted the picture with what I thought, unworthy though I was, to be by divine command and not simply as a good subject. Watch it. The door in the painting has no handle on the outside and can therefore only be opened from the inside, representing the obstinately shut mind. The original painting was painted at night in a makeshift hut at Worcester Park Farm in Surrey in England. It's now in a side room off the large chapel at Keble College in Oxford. Toward the end of his life, he painted a life-size version which has now been hung in St. Paul's Cathedral in London and it was hung there after a world tour. Imagine that, a world tour of a painting, a single painting that drew large crowds everywhere it went around the world. It tells me that every single one of us spend a lot of our life wondering about whether something's a door or a wall, looking at opportunities that are in front of us and wondering whether God is behind those things, whether it's something that God wants us to step through. And so this morning in the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to speak to you about doors, but about the doors that I think God has for us as a church. And I know that if they're us as a church, as Rhonda pointed out, It's never about one. It's not about who's up the front. It's about every single person. It's about every single one of us. We all form a part of what God wants to do. So here's some things that some of them are obvious, but maybe you haven't thought of them quite like this. Here's number one. Doors remain shut until someone knocks. Doors remain shut until somebody goes up and knocks them. There's no difference between a door and a wall until somebody comes, takes the initiative and knocks on the door. It's no different to a wall. But after I knock, hello. After we knock, what looked like it could have been a wall. Thank you. What could have been a wall, we discover is actually a door. I wonder what walls there are around your life. What walls there? What are the things around your world right now in your family? And you go, that's a wall. It's impenetrable. There's no way through it. I don't see any way past it. What are the areas of ministry that perhaps or problems in our society? And you look at them and go, wow, what a massive issue that is. Whoever could find a way through that or past that? Can I tell you that many of us will never know what may open until somebody goes up and says, let's knock. You'll never know unless you take the initiative. Doors always remain shut until somebody knocks. And maybe some of the things that you think are walls or are barriers, the Holy Spirit is going to say to you today, why don't you get up and knock? Why don't you go and try? Why don't you step out of the posture of gazing at it and start to ask yourself the question, what if? I don't know about the rest of you here, but many times in my life, I wonder why God have you given me or us this opportunity? And I realise sometimes He's probably given it to many, but most people don't knock. Most people simply look. Most people simply want to tell you about the problem and the size of it. Doors remain shut until someone knocks. Here's the second thing. When it comes to a door, you've got to keep knocking until someone comes. Hi, I was at the back. I didn't hear the doorbell. Thank you again. Leo, you are such a good door opener. (laughs) Keep knocking until the answer comes. Listen to the words of Jesus. Matthew 7 verse 7. Lots of us here know this. I don't think I'm telling you anything startlingly new. But I do believe that in this service this morning, the Holy Spirit is going to make it a now word for many of you here. He says, Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Listen to it. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. How long should you knock for? Well, my answer to that would be until the door opens. Keep on knocking Until the door opens before you. Whatever door there is right now, some of you, it'll be in your family. And you've thought that person's unreachable. You've thought nothing's ever going to change. Our marriage has been like this. It's going to stay like this. I'll just learn to put up with it. But maybe it's time today, maybe what the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you to do today is get up and knock and you go, yeah, but Jeff, I did knock and nothing happened. And I'd say, well, how about knocking again? You go, well, I did knock again, but Jeff, nothing seemed to shift. And I'd go, but how about again? How about again? Knock and keep on knocking, the Scripture says, and it will be opened unto you. The only purpose spiritually for a door is to create a pathway through to something else. Again, I know that's so obvious that everybody will go, duh. But so often we miss it. So often we look at doors as though they're barriers. Here's the third thing. Doors remain shut until you knock, knock until the answer comes. But here's the third one. There's always more doors. Doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. Doesn't matter how many rooms I may have walked through. Doesn't matter how often I may have knocked. Maybe you've got calluses on your fingers from all the doors you've knocked on. Some of you here have been on the leadership journey with Jesus for a long time. You've been serving Him for many years. You might feel like, when do I get the retirement from door knocking? When do I get to stop and say, that's enough. Well, I don't know, because the Apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos as a senior citizen. And the Lord came and spoke to him and said, I've got another job for you to do. But he says, but I'm in prison here, Lord. And the Lord said, you know what? There isn't any prison that I cannot visit you in and that I cannot use you from. Joseph was in jail, and it was in the jail that the Lord made him a success and used him to do something great. Paul and Silas were in prison when they began to sing and to praise, and it was while they were in a place that looked impenetrable to them that the Lord used them to reach this people in Philippi, which became one of the great churches of the New Testament times, the church that was built around brotherly love. Read the book of Philippians, it's only a few chapters, and discover some of the greatest pearls in Scripture are housed in Paul's letter to a church that began out of a prison place. So don't think to yourself, well, you know, I can't because. This message this morning is for every one of you that feels there is restriction around your life, that feels like I'd like to, but I can't. I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too poor, I've got too much business, I'm, I've got too much time, I'm not educated enough, I'm so busy with uni, whatever it might be, this is a message today for every one of you that feels like I'm in a place where nothing much can happen. And the Lord wants you to know that even if you're in a place of restriction, He can open a door for you. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, opening the door to Christ's forgiveness and righteousness to His people, the Jews, he thought that was it. Job done. He's so excited about the Gospel coming to the people that he's loved and grown up with. This Jewish boy who becomes a, Jewish man who becomes a Jewish disciple of a Jewish Saviour and spends all of his life speaking to Jews only. So much so that when Jesus pauses and speaks to a Samaritan woman who are kind of like the cousins, but the unloved cousins of the Jews, when Jesus did that, Peter along with all the other disciples asked Him, why on earth are you bothering? And so when Jesus tells them, I was thinking about this last night, when Jesus tells them in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but you shall receive power after that, the Holy Spirit comes on you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. They're all going, yeah, got that. And when Judea, they go, yeah, got that. When He said Samaria, they go, we visited there once. And so far, so good. They get it all. They can cope with Jesus' vision because they think it's all about the Jews. So obviously you'd go to Jerusalem. Obviously you'd go to Judea. Samaria, well, they're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like the cousin. No one wants to invite to Christmas. That's they, but they still got it. But He never stopped at, in Acts 1 verse 8 with Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. He puts an and after it that freaks out these people. It's normal to us. But trust me, these people would have freaked out when He said, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Because all they can think about is going and visiting Jews that are living somewhere else. Peter thinks he's walked through the door that Jesus asked him to walk through. And so when in Acts chapter 10, the Holy Spirit speaks to, to Peter and says, by the way, there's yet another door I want you to walk through. And lo is the vision, the vision of the unclean animals and the voice of God speaking, arise and eat. And he says, Lord, no, I'm not going to do that. I've never touched anything that's not kosher. He says, I'm not going to do that. I'm Jewish. I know what the dietary laws are. I know what I'm allowed to do. I'm definitely not going to do that. And three times he hears the response of God to his statement saying, what I call uh, uh, clean, don't you call uncommon or unclean? And then the thing goes up, the sheep goes up and then there's a knock at the door. The, there's a knock at the door and the Holy Spirit says to Peter, three men are waiting for you downstairs go with them, doubting nothing. And three men come through our door and Peter goes, I'm supposed to go with you. But one look at him, tells him that they're Gentiles. The way they dress, the way they speak as they enter the house. Understand that a good Jewish person in Peter's day would not enter into a Gentile's home nor invite a Gentile into theirs. They'd do business with them, but they'd have nothing to do with them outside of that. And so when uh, Peter hears the Holy Spirit and he steps through a door following three Gentiles, it is like one of the most momentous things that could ever happen to a Jewish man. He goes to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile. I spoke about him when we got ready to give there this morning. He goes into the house and he says this, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. While Peter's speaking, the Holy Spirit falls because they all began to speak in tongues and prophesy. And Peter goes, wow, I never knew that God had another door for me to walk through. And so Peter walks through the door, the Gentile door, And that's why you're here, almost all of you. That's why you're here is because one man got to understand that there's always more doors. I want to say to you clearly this morning, no matter who you are, God has got more doors for you. Don't look at it and go, I've walked through enough. I've been there. Some of you, maybe you might go, you're looking back over a decade, two decades, whatever, of Christian experience. Don't look at it and go, I've been through enough. Look at it and say, God, are there any more? I want you to get your knocking hand ready. Here's number four. Think about it. Again, it's so plain and so simple. Doors are for walking through. But how many people, when they come across a door, stand there looking, going, well, look at that door. Some people want to pray about the door. Lord, is this door for me? Is this the devil's door? Am I being somehow? You know what I mean? You know, or they get together a group of friends to take a vote on the door. What do you all think about the door? Can I say to you that if you come across a door that God's put in front of you, You're meant to walk through it, not pray about it. Are you with me here? I guarantee there'll be a whole bunch of you here that have fallen into the will of God for your life by accident. huh? You never had some booming vision. There were no flashing lights. There was no brush of angels' wings. There was no hallelujah chorus playing softly in the background. You just started doing it. I talk to people all the time and I ask them, how did you get started? What was it that got you to go on that first Red Frog tour? What was it that made you think, I want to do something for underprivileged children, for kids in need? Where did that thought come from? Was it the result of deep amounts of prayer and fasting and a vision? Or was it just simply that one day you got up and there was a door? I started worship leading, believe it or not. I ended up worship leading on television. I was kind of mildly famous. I was famous in a very small crowd. But I remember the first time I ever worship led was 20,000 people. And we were at a big festival, big parade, and the semi-trailer with a band on the back and all the singers. The wheels were beginning to move and I turned to our youth leader and I said, who's leading the worship? She said, you are, and pushed me. <laughs> I literally stumbled to the semi-trailer, climbed up on it as it began to move. I, you know, it wasn't like there was any big angels. But I learned so much in that serving space. And I don't think I was that good. I don't think I'd get a Guernsey here. But, uh, you know, our standards are probably way higher than me. But uh, I stumbled into that from serving. Why? Because there was a door. And I was just stupid enough to... I never said, no, you've got to be kidding. I'm going home. Are, Are you with me here? Come on. I just was dumb enough to go, that's a door, I'll walk through it. I'm just praying today that there's enough dumb people here. <laughs> I really am. The Scripture says, thy people shall be willing in the day of your power. It doesn't say your people shall be clever. It says they'll be willing, come on. It just says, will you be willing in the day of His power? If there's a door, it, action is required. Here's the fifth one. You might be the first one through a door, but don't be the only one to go through the door. Live the kind of life that sets an example for others to follow. Never walk through a door. Twelve men went walking through a door into the promised land. They walked through and they came back through the door and they shut the door to an entire generation. They came back with a negative report. They came back saying, it's too hard. It's too big. Can I tell you this? Behind every door that God opens for you, there is an impossibility. I posted this on Instagram this week because the thought just struck me one day. Actually, I said it to some of the staff and then later on thought, well, that was profound might have been the Lord because I sure hadn't thought of it before. You can have a great life or you can have an easy life, but you cannot have a great, easy life. So if you and I, and if we as a church are going to walk through some of the doors that God's open for us, we need to go through with the spirit of faith because we don't know what we're going to find on the other side. Here's my last point for you. Number six. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, a great and effective door has been opened to me and, everyone say and. And there are many adversaries. Wherever there's a door, there will be devils. Go to the bank line. When the Lord spoke to Cain, who was riven with anger over his brother's sacrifice being accepted and his not, and there's a whole lot in that, but we don't have time for it this morning. This is what the Lord, listen to what the Lord says to him. He says, why are you so angry? If you do well, won't it be accepted? He said this, but sin lies at the door. He said, in other words, at every doorway, there are devils. Do I believe in the devil? Oh, yes, I do. I don't believe in him, but I believe he's there. Because the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, Somebody who opposes you, not a malevolent force, but a personality that opposes you. We live in a world where we have no sociology for evil, but the Bible has a theology for it. There's a reason why evil exists in our world. We've told people for the last, I don't know how many years, that mankind's basically good. And then when something really evil and ugly happens, we're going, how'd that happen? It's because there was. Something that lay at the door. And you have an opportunity when you get to the door to either get there and see what lies around it and go and do like the 12 men, 10 of whom came back and said, you know what? The devils that are out our door are too much for us. We can't. And they swayed the hearts of an entire generation of people. A whole lot of people said, all right, we can't. And they shut the door for an entire generation of people. I pray that in this season we're in here, that we'll go to the doors that God puts in front of us. Knock. Keep on knocking. Rhonda told you she's going to meet for prayer on a Wednesday. I I don't know how many could come, but if you can. What time was that? 10 a.m. And you can come and go and there's no, it's not a prayer exam. we are not marking how good a prayer you are. No such thing. It's about bringing faith. But in this season we're in, we're going to knock on doors. We're not going to be going, well, let's, we're going to walk through those and we're going to make sure the door remain open for them that come after us. We're going to make sure that whatever doors we walk through, People can follow us. Team, please come. I'm just wondering this morning, what it is in your world? What doors is the Holy Spirit prompting you to take action in? What are the things that He's saying to you right now? Come on, you need to get up and do something about that. That's a door. You've looked at it and said, that's a wall. Nothing's going to happen out of that. Maybe it's just waiting for you to knock. Maybe you've knocked and it hasn't opened. Maybe he's saying, would you keep knocking? I've found very few things happen easily. At least very few things that matter happen easily. I talk to people with great gardens. They work at them. Me? I hope it grows. I do a bit, but I'm not a, you know... Maybe God's asking you to go knock and walk through the doors with confidence and boldness to see what He wants to do on the other side. Let's pray. If you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning, I'm not going to come and quiz you about it. I'm not going to come and ask you what you're going to do. I'm not going to see you next week and say, by the way, have you started yet? That would be inappropriate because if it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you like He did to Peter, Peter, You know, nobody else in the house went with Peter that day because the Holy Spirit didn't talk to the rest of them. Spoke to Peter. So, but if you need to say today to the Lord, Lord, I know that You're prompting me about that thing, that door. I'm going to walk through it, Lord. I'm going to trust You. I'm going to walk through it with as much confidence as I can muster. I'm going to believe, Lord, that on the other side of this, You are there. You've prepared something for me to walk into. If that's you, just slip your hand up before God right where you are. No matter who you are, lots of hands going up in the air, thank you. Lots of hands going up, all ages, all sizes, shapes, backgrounds. Maybe God's speaking to you about your business. Maybe He's talking to you about your family. Maybe He's talking to you. The the deal is not about what other people know about it. It's about you saying, yes, Lord. Thank you for every hand that's up. Is there anybody else? Just wherever you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep, 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 yep. Lots of you that obviously God's speaking to you. Father, help us each one. God, for every door you put in front of us, we want to say yes. We want to knock on until it opens. God, then we don't want to start getting afraid because we're too busy looking at the devils at the door. We want to see what lies on the other side of the door. We want to walk through for everything you have for us. As a church, God, we want to tell you we're up for what you have for us to do. We're saying yes in advance. We've always said yes. Because, Lord, you know what's going on even when we don't. You see the master plan even when we have no idea. Right now, there's people here that are thanking God they said yes back those Days ago when a door opened and you were a bit afraid about it, but you said yes to it and you walked through it. Thank God. And there's other people that are grateful you left the door open for them to walk through. We thank you for helping us today in Jesus' name. We're so glad, Lord, for all that you've done my life. You know, this morning we started singing that song and I hadn't told you I was preaching about the door, but you—well, the first song we sang about... Adore it, didn't it? Well, what's that song again? Won't stop, now. Won't stop now. I want us to stand and sing this together. And then I'm going to pray with people here that maybe you need to make a decision for Christ this morning. Then let's stand together, shall we? Can can we sing that again? Is that, can we do that? I'll look over at Mr. Bandleader here. Welcome back, Michael Parker. We missed you while you were trekking around Israel, looking at the burning bush and all the other stuff. And your family in this song and declare to the Lord, Lord, whatever door you put in front of me, I'm walking through. Let this be a moment where we just let God settle something in our hearts. Not something that can be undone in the car park, but something that will remain solid in our life for our future. In Jesus' name, thanks. up there, Matt, I think it is this morning, if you could put up that picture for us again. I mentioned this painting by William Holman Hunt. You know, some people paint a beautiful painting because they're artists. This man was a believer who'd read that verse in Revelation 3.20 and said, I want to give a picture of that. Now, the Bible doesn't say anything about the door handle. That was a revelation to William Holman Hunt. And so as the story goes, when the picture went on tour, there were people standing around in one particular art gallery and William Holman Hunt had gone to the art gallery just to see people's reaction. But he noticed as crowds came and people moved on, one man stood there longer than seemed puzzled. And finally, William Holman Hunt went up to him and said, what's bothering you? And that's where the quote comes from. Because the man said to him, sir, the artist has made a mistake. Holman Hunt said, what do you mean? Not revealing he was the artist. And the guy goes, sir, there's no door handle on the door. And William Holman Hunt said to him, that's because the door handle to the human heart is on the inside, not the outside. The only person who can open that is you. That's why when we sing this song, your presence is an open door. It's an invitation the mere fact that you're here today says to me that God wants you to say yes to him. Obviously, he's brought you here today. Some of you, maybe you thought about coming, never ever made it before, but today you're here. Maybe someone's asked you many times, there was always a reason why you couldn't or you're gonna come and then it never happened. But here you are today and his presence is your open door. Some of you watching this on our YouTube channel or listening to this in the podcast, wherever you are, you've thought about what it means to be a Christian then you kind of go, oh, well, and maybe you just got busy. But today His presence is your open door. And like I said, doors are for walking through. Doors are for thinking about. If God gives you a door, it's time to walk through it. Let's just get every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. If you're here this morning, you say to me, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Jeff, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian. Jeff, I believe though that God is inviting me in and I want to say yes to Him today then I want to pray with you right where you are this morning in front of me, wherever you are listening. If you're in front of me and you want to say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus, would you just slip your hand up and put it back down again? Just raise it so I can see it, so I'll know I'm praying for you and with you this morning. Just wherever you are, I won't embarrass you. There's not some next thing I'm going to ask you that'll be terribly difficult or anything like that. It's you from your heart saying over there, thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you now. Who else? Just wherever you are. Just wave it around like that person. If I can't see you, just wave it around until I acknowledge it. And uh, then I'm going to pray with you. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you because that's not why we're here. We want you to become a follower of Christ. He'll open the doors for you in remarkable ways. Is there anybody else? Then we're going to pray together just right where you are. I'd love it if everyone would say this prayer with that person. And for those that are watching, for the people that are going to yes text this week, This is your moment. Say this after me, Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me because I matter to You. I'm asking You into my life to save me, to forgive me, to be my Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. You don't need to pray this, but Father, thank You for that person and the others, Lord, that are going to yes text or that are watching or listening. Thank You for it in Jesus' Name. Thank You for them. Amen. 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 Give those people a big hand, would you? Just say, well done. Grab these, won't you? Say yes to Christ. uh, 488 Or you can get the same thing via email on the web at yes.metrochurch.org.au.